0: what's good what's going on welcome back to another episode of the hogshaven podcast powered by sb nation you can find us at hogshaven.com at hogshaven on twitter and on facebook i am your host molly Maul, jamal forrest you can find me on twitter at let Maul tell it do not forget the you um happy monday to everybody each and everybody i am recording this at 9 a.m in the morning on a monday um indeed i am i wasn't doing anything this weekend uh took sunday off in a sense uh for those who don't know me some people who do and some people who've carried over to the hogshaven podcast and um uh, you know know who i am like my background and stuff know that you know august 28th is usually just a rough day in general for me uh that is you know the day I, I had some some tragedy in my family probably about 14 years ago at this point now um and you know it was gonna be hard for me to do anything related to the Commanders and put so much energy into that i did post a couple clips in the morning like 30 minutes of film session because i didn't watch the game in its entirety i was completely distracted saturday um so i wasn't able to fully watch the game so posted a couple clips thursday uh, sunday morning but uh, ultimately um got on with the rest of my day uh and and was with family for the most part so this morning i was able to watch the game um in more detail and just get to understand how the game flow went so um, yeah, man, that's that's kind of how my weekend went uh, in, in terms of commanders related. And obviously today is Monday, and we we kind of know what happened with Brian Robinson. We'll touch on that as well. Uh, but before we get started, if you find yourself with some time today, uh, if you find yourself with some time right now, hit that pause button. So before we continue and try to uh, bless us with a rating and review and, and a subscription if you aren't subscribed yet. Uh, but but definitely. Uh, if you can, help us out with the rating and help us push this thing further uh, and make it grow into what, you know, what we know it can grow into with the Hogs Haven side of SB Nation. So, um, yeah, with that being said, let's go ahead and spark with the agenda today. Um, you know, just some brief insight into some key roster thoughts. That's all um, for this episode. We won't, you know, dive into everything too much. I do have a, a roundtable schedule with the Hogs Haven crew where we can dive into the roster itself this week. Um, and then agenda wise, since we're talking about future shows, um, I will probably, this will probably be a two episode, um, week, um, bonus episode maybe possibly, but count on two episode week, including this one, I'm going on vacation Thursday, so I will not be, uh i mean look we all gotta find our way to get some time in <laughs> before this regular season start because that's that's the grind right there the regular season is the grind so um this is a good opportunity for all of us if you are listening make sure you take that vacation this week or take some time off this upcoming week because we all gonna need it um uh, before the commanders start stressing us all out <laughs> um so yeah expect two episodes this and um the next one probably being the hogshaven roundtable about the commanders and things like that so um let's get into the actual team and and, and what took place over this weekend and ultimately we will come across the Brian Robinson thing before we got into our interview with Chris Russell last week you know I I mentioned three things that I wanted to see against the Ravens Uh, first and foremost I want to see the starters play (laughs) Rivera said that they will be very limited so in theory you know I I mentioned that he may have you know been speaking code, and that you know the starters really wasn't going to play based on how he expressed the limitations of the starters but ultimately I did want to see them play man I was in a position where like if you look across the league um that week 3 like this is the second season in which they've implemented just three preseason games like this is new to everybody and you know there are certain coaches who are actually taking advantage of this 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 bye week in a sense before the regular season starts and making sure that his starters get reps um, and making sure that these guys are prepared to play uh, or at least get a, get enough looks on film where they can actually practice and, and, and iron out some of the kinks before the regular season starts. And I was in a boat of, look, work is work at the end of the day. And Rivera being com- clearly complacent, or I think that's the word. <laughs> if you know me as well, you know that I'm not really, uh, good at this aspect of things but let's say complacent i think or he's very content there we go that's a better word uh he was very content with you know how his starters played and and obviously he's a guy who preserves his players versus actually you know putting them on the field um and and, you know if you want to take that route so be it i just i just genuinely just disagree with that approach especially when you see that they aren't like clicking on all senators or as or clicking as they should be, like they aren't necessarily in sync as you would like them to be heading into the regular season. That's on both sides of the football. So I, I wanted to see them play this week at least two two series, both sides of the football. Um, but you know he was content, and you know we'll cross that bridge in the first month of the season when we get there. Um, slow starts has has always been part of Ron's uh, nature, and. You know, he does finish strong, and, and that's important, but ultimately, you know, the makings of a good coach ain't a, it ain't always, like, finishing strong is, is the makings of a good coach, right? You have to be able to be consistent throughout a season, and starting out slow consistently is not the makings of a good coach or a great coach. Like, your track record speaks for themselves, and if we're all... I'm not saying this is going to happen this year, so don't get me wrong, but if we're all on the same boat of... You know, we know Ron finishes strong in November and December, but well, what about the months that matter as well as September, October? Like, you have to position yourself well as you head into those those latter end of the season games, and now January's that event because of 18 weeks. Like, November, December, January are all important, and you have to position yourself well going into that. You can't be chasing. Like, you got to make sure that you up there to compete, and that you're competing week in and week out. And... Slowing off, starting off slow is not necessarily, I mean, it's clearly not ideal, but it also shouldn't be excused because Ron does it all the time. Like, what, there's there's not many winning records to back up the amount of seasons that he's had uh, as a head coach from Carolina and Washington. And ultimately, slow starts can doom you as a head coach and doom you as a team. So um, let's go ahead and move forward to the games. I wanted to see, you know, the starting defense and, and how they – you know, face a, a balanced attack in the Ravens. You know, I knew that, you know, they, they passed it uh, pretty often in the preseason, though they're a run, run-based team. Um, how did the starters play or whoever was on the field play? And, uh, you know, they played a lot of man coverage, cover one man, and um, they did mix up the zone and stuff, but I saw a lot of man coverage in this last game. And for Washington, especially their defense, um, Danny Johnson and and DeWan Neal and Percy Butler, being and, and Christian Holmes to an extent being susceptible to you know big plays on double moves. Uh, Dewan Neal didn't really get beat on a double move, but um, he did allow uh, what a 40 50 yarder downfield, um, where he was essentially in position but wasn't able to make a play on the ball. Uh, but ultimately, you know, those exposures on film, you know, kind of puts you in a bad light. And Danny Johnson, who has had a really shaky camp, um, he's a guy who's projected by many to make that final 53. and. Uh, I don't know if you can have him as immediate backup. Now, Christian Holmes not necessarily standing out in the sense where you're you're expecting him to be like some some noticeable guy where you're like, okay, I see what they're saying in in offseason practices and stuff like that, and it's translating to training camp and preseason games. Like that hasn't been the case. Like we've heard a lot about Christian Holmes and you know, offseason practices and mini camps and stuff like that, but outside of that, like his ability hasn't really translated and training camp and and also the preseason games too. So uh, you don't know what to do with Danny Johnson. Uh, Like, again, projections are having him making the roster. My ideal thing would be more about uh, what can you do to replace him? Like, are you looking on the waiver wire? Because Corn Elder, uh, again, Danny Johnson. And um, at this point, you're looking at Christian Holmes as well. Um, And and, and I I don't know if that's like, that's not a necessarily – that's not like the strongest depth that you have at the cornerback position like William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin Saint Jude's top heavy guys. Like those are your starters. From the outside to the slot, those are your starters. Um so you got you really got to figure out what you're going to do with the cornerback spot like can you find a guy who's capable of filling in as soon as possible? So um you know, we'll see. Um I'm not like I say, I'm not that fan. I'm not a fan of Danny Johnson um being on this roster and in in essence like anybody after him uh, is up for grabs, too, if you can find better replacements on the waiver wire. Another thing, the running back position, and um, I really wanted to know specifically, would uh, Jared Patterson and Jonathan Williams make the case to push for four running backs on the roster? And for me, I guess this is the conversation that we get into with Brian Robinson. Um, for me, Jared Patterson uh, and John Williams... Uh, ultimately, well, excuse me, let me be more clear. Jared Patterson made a made a case in his final game with the commanders in the preseason at least. um you know, he, he made a really good case nearly a hundred yards of total offense um but uh, he's a guy where you're looking at him and, and you're saying like he he's making a really good case for a practice squad candidate and at the very least he's guaranteed a spot on the practice squad. Um, but at one point, I think with Jonathan Williams not dressing and why this doesn't ultimately mean that he was going to make the team, because there are some people who don't dress and, and don't make the team either. Uh, but Jonathan Williams had made a really good case for himself in the first two games and obviously training camp as well. But Jonathan Williams, uh, I think he would have been making a practice squad if it was just Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. That's ultimately what I thought it would have been. Um, and Jonathan Williams making a practice squad, but now with the Brian Robinson situation. And for those who don't know, uh, because I should have also said it in the beginning, but I wanted to wait till we got to this moment to speak on Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson was shot multiple times Sunday evening during a possible attempted robbery in D.C., um, essentially Eighth Street. He was taken to a hospital where the team called his injuries as non-life threatening injuries. Um, at the hospital itself, were Uh, Co-owners Dan and Tanya Snyder, Jason Wright president, Coach Ron Rivera, and the team physician and and clinical psychologist Anthony Cossolero and Barbara Roberts, respectively. Um, Coach Rivera said that in a tweet, I just got done visiting with Brian. He's in good spirits and wanted me to thank everyone for their kind words, prayers, and support. He wants his teammates to know that he appreciates them for all reaching out and he loves them all and will be back. Soon doing what he does best. So as far as we know, um, it was shortly before 6 p.m. on uh, 100th or 1000th block of 8th Street, Northeast in the district. Um, So that's that's kind of where things were. When police arrived at the scene, they located Robinson, who, according to Dustin Sternberg, the the director of communications for the Metro Police Department in D.C., uh, was suffering from a couple gunshot wounds to his lower extremities Transported immediately to a local hospital um, the re- Their investigation is ongoing So that is the situation with Brian Robinson First and foremost, we all know Prayers up to him Prayers up to the woman who also was shot as well You know, a lot of people And it may be completely unrelated with one another But from what I understand From a, a reputable individual uh, in the D.C. area, uh, Kilmo News, one on Twitter, it was a double shooting with female grazed in the head on Seventh. Okay, so I see what he's saying. All right, so Seventh and Eighth Street, uh, Northeast, um, MPD is in the scene of a double shooting with a female suffering a graze to the to the head, and a second unknown age victim also suffering from gunshot wounds on Eleventh and Eighth Street. So double shooting, but I don't think they are related. Um, but Kilmo News was the person who uh, kind of gave insight to the story in, in detail before uh, actual reporters uh, beat reporters. But ultimately, um, Brian Robinson uh, was a victim of an of a attempted robbery in a sense. But what does that mean for Washington? And obviously, prayers to his family, prayers to the lady who also was a victim of a... a Uh, gun violence that same day on the same block um or the same street down a couple blocks Uh, i think it ultimately while we talk about jared patterson john williams and their fight to make the case for number four we don't know what brian robinson's injuries are and i know it may be tough like i'm a football guy we all know that to this point so it may be tough to kind of compartmentalize the situation so i don't don't take this as insensitive but this is just you know roster thoughts you know um, it is, it, he's, he's a part of the team, Brian Robinson is, so we have to kind of understand, you know, what that means for his position as well, and it's unfortunate, and maybe we'll know more very soon about his injuries, um, but to the to the running back position within itself, Jared Patterson made a really good case for practice squad this uh, this past Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens, but I think John Williams, all that to say, was up next anyway. I think he would have been the, the practice squad candidate if all three and Brian jd and antonio were there so now you have john williams fitting in i believe and i think he'll ultimately make the roster um if brian isn't able to go and placing playing placing brian robinson on the pup list it's probably uh the route that they choose if not short-term ir if he's expected to make a full recovery um, but also because we're living in speculation right now uh, we don't know what non-life-threatening injuries are like that can simply mean that he's able to you know live his life he's not his life isn't in danger of being cut short um but that doesn't you know they're not thinking about sports right now as they shouldn't like it's all about his life and preserving his life and making sure that he's good to go so uh there's no telling if he's going to be be able to play this year or not either so we don't know much um but we do know that you know he's alive and well but uh in essence if he's not able to go i think it's john and they're keeping three running backs still and, and moving um, Patterson to practice squad and, and moving uh, Brian Robinson on PUP or short-term IR to start the season. Um, but ultimately, I think uh, John Williams is is going to have to find a way to, you know, take some carries from Antonio Gibson, because I'm not entirely too sure that Scott Turner is going to be a guy who's going to allow Gibson to th- uh, flourish in the role that they were carving out for him uh, heading into the season uh now that Brian Robinson is hurt, are they gonna revert back to, you know, having Antonio Gibson be the primary ball carrier? I hope not. I hope this is something more with Brian uh excuse me, with Antonio Gibson being a guy who can still be in the role in which he's a a Swiss Army knife in a sense similar to JD McKissick, uh still taking on the, the kick return duties. I still hope that he's a guy who's motioning out of the backfield or running routes out of the backfield, like creating some versatility for himself and for this offense. It's really going to be on Scott turn, but I think that if you're going to have uh, elevate Jonathan Williams or Jerry Patterson, if they go that route, but I think it's going to be Jonathan Williams, you need to make sure that these are guys who are capable of toting um, and, and being able to run in between the tackles uh, because Antonio Gibson is clearly elevating in a role through demotion, but elevating in a role that we all think that can be more beneficial to him. So that'll be interesting uh, for sure. Moving on from the running back spot, uh, Jamin Davis, James Smith-Williams, and Ben St. Juice played in the finale. Um, Rivera said that they needed the reps, and that's cool. I have no issue with that. Um, Jamin Davis, a lot of people are making assumptions because he played in the last preseason game um, that David Mayo has submitted himself in a certain role because David Mayo didn't play. But ultimately, I think it's more so just, again, let's circle back to what I I keep talking about with this third preseason game. Work is work. And Davis is a first-round pick who they wanted to see more out of. I wish they would have did this for the starters on both sides of the football. Um, but people play in the, in the last preseason game, and Jamin Davis probably wanted, they probably wanted to see more from Jamin Davis in terms of how he plays certain run fits or how he's able to, to move against another offense and, and see different looks. Um, and then uh, Jamin Davis probably wanted to see that out of himself too. And to be honest with you, Jamin Davis had another good game in uh, his limited reps. So I think what you're seeing from Jamin Davis is a, is a non-issue if people are drumming it up to be anything more with David Mayo. Uh, but I think that Jamin Davis is in a situation where he can you know, continue to build on the confidence and consistency that he's been showing in the preseason. He's had a couple gaps. He isn't perfect, like coverage, responsibility, uh, mislaps, um, abandoning his, his, his uh, man assignment um, to green dog and, and go blitz the quarterback. Uh, but ultimately, I think that Jamin Davis is playing faster. Um, he's moving a little bit quicker laterally. He's around the ball um, in, a, in a racing grass really quickly. So I like what I'm seeing from Jamin Davis, and I think that uh, him playing in that last game was fine. Same thing with Ben St. Juice. I like how Daniel Wise performed again. Um, he wasn't like a lead or anything, but I just like the role that they're carving out for Daniel Wise. I think that him being the one-tech guy and the three-tech guy from the interior spot gives them some versatility inside because you didn't know what they were going to do with Tim Settle and Matt Ioannidis leaving. You didn't know who that interior guy was going to be um, in terms of having those depth spots. And I think Daniel Wise has clearly shown that he's capable of filling in. And I can't wait to see what he does in the regular season. I think he'll, he'll be surprisingly well as a person able to get to the quarterback. So I'm very interested in seeing how that works out. Lastly, diami Brown. Um, diami Brown, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think, I don't think he was getting cut. He wasn't on. I don't think he was in roster trouble at all. Never thought he was in roster trouble, and I think whatever's going on in his head. He had two drops, obviously, where he suffered against the Baltimore Ravens. One drop over the middle on a slant, where he created separation at the break point, um, where he was releasing, um, and, or we took out, a quick outside release or a double move and, and broke inside, and you know everything was well. He had like a yard or two of separation and, and just dropped the pass on third down third and nine that ultimately probably would have got him close to the sticks if not first down conversion obviously a safety over top of him barreling down on him um and then the third down third and 11 where Sam somehow hit him on the boundary and you know he instead of trying to secure it with one with two hands and, and try to get his feet in bounds he ultimately leaves his feet jumps up with one hand and isn't able to reel it in in a situation that really should have been uh easy, like a layup of a of a throw and catch. Um, so De'Ami hasn't had the best of preseasons. Um, training camp has been inconsistent as well, according to people who have been who have been there. Um he's had some good days and had some bad days, but not necessarily a narrative that builds on consistency. I think that De'Ami Brown is uh again, I never thought he was getting cut. But now his role is a little bit more clear in that you probably are going to make him inactive on game days um, to start out the start out the year. You are looking at Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Cam Sims, and Dax Milne probably taking precedence over Deami Brown because of his issues, but um, Dax Milne mainly because of special teams, but also he's been a sneaky addition as a receiver. Like he's been performing quite well um, quietly under the radar, but making plays for Washington in preseason. And, like, that is a double threat to De'Ami's playing time. Because if they can trust him on the field, as well as being a a punt returner, then now you're looking at a guy who has carved himself out a role for this team. He has a defined role. Cam Sims, we know all he does is make plays when he's on the field. Um, But he also does special teams work as well. So they have roles for this team. And De'Ami Brown is still trying to find his way. I said that he can be a legitimate vertical threat for this offense because he's shown his capabilities last year. I, I think whatever's going on is actually new, to be honest with you. um, I never thought that he really had issues going over the middle last year. I really didn't. I thought that he took hits, um, big hits well. Like, he he's had one drop last year, and that was against the Buffalo Bills. And it wasn't in the same instance in which, you know, he was facing a, a defender barreling down on him. He just had a concentration drop. And that's why I think these were, like, a lack of concentration, lack of focus, um, and ultimately, uh, that can cost you from playing time to actual roster spots. And I think the first step for De'Ami is is playing time. Um, but to that point, those five receivers are very capable of, of producing in this offense um, and not just special teams as well. And then we didn't even talk about the tight ends and Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, Armani Rodgers. We don't know the status of John Bates and his injury and, and that in, essence, in essence, Cole Turner either. But... Uh, We do know that Cole Turner was scheduled to return after like two weeks or so. So Logan, Cole, and Armani, I'm certain is going to be just as important in the pass game as the receivers that I mentioned. So De'Ami Brown is really going to have to work himself out of this doghouse that he has really put himself in. Um, But I think it's more mental than anything. So if he has some uh, resolve, I I, I think this is a moment in which De'Ami can show it because he's not a bad player. And he's still showing traits that got him drafted in these games. It's more about like putting all the pieces together and being a more consistent uh, receiver. So lastly, Sam Howe, he earned himself a roster spot, plain and simple. And it wasn't like he was getting cut or he was on the bubble or anything, but he's shown some of the traits in which that that, that made him that first round prospect just a year ago. And for Sam Howe uh, to really have a, a, a solid outing and a solid preseason overall um, kind of shows the coaches that they're on the right track with him and they, they got to give him some more time to develop. Like some of the sacks that he takes are completely unnecessary. I mean, he has to understand when a play is dead or when um, to throw it away to just prevent the injury side um, or increase of injury percentages and things like that. But ultimately uh, Sam Howell's earned himself a spot. And and next year, when the time comes, you're going to talk about, you know, is Sam Howell ready to compete for that, that, that backup role? Taylor Heineke's contract is expiring at the end of this year. But is he ready to compete for a backup role? Because uh, Sam Howe is on here for four years, uh, at least contractually. But if he's the the quarterback who doesn't have a competitor or or competition, and they just completely are fine with Carson, presumably, because if, if Sam Howe is competing for a backup role odds Carson Wentz is still here um then that means that what they saw throughout this regular season upcoming is very encouraging and, and some something that they could build on and ultimately have him overcome and take over if you know those first round trades were there so um yeah those are my brief thoughts about the game at the same same time we have some more conversations coming throughout the week so uh, my, those are my initial thoughts and things like that and obviously we'll we'll monitor brian robinson from an actual health standpoint i'm uh, moving forward but did want to get some thoughts on the running back position because in reality they're going to be thinking the same thing this upcoming tuesday uh when roster cuts in and, and, and management is is at at, at its utmost importance so uh, yeah with that being said everybody we will see you all later this week y'all be safe enjoy your day whenever y'all listening Peace.